0: Hi everybody it's uh, Friday night at least where I am and I hope you're having an incredible day and had an incredible week uh, For those of you who joined us last week with the great drummer Jim Johnston uh, it was it was really a pleasure and a learning experience uh, for me uh, and a lot of fun to hear about everything that that uh, Jim Johnston's been up to and everything he does as a drummer uh, tonight uh, I have a guest that is, Uh, dear friend of mine and a long time uh, band member and working member and we've played uh, an uncountable amount of shows together. He's an incredibly soulful musician, incredibly skilled on his instrument, very talented and he's also a dear friend of mine because he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, Please uh, welcome Mr. Richard Harding. I
1: think I got the right. I got the video going, and and you can hear me. Yes, sir. Success. Love it.
0: All right, we're already oh, winning.
1: How are you, Johnny? I'm really well.
0: How are you doing, Rich?
1: Good, really good. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling okay. Uh, considering we're you know still in in this pandemic and
0: oh, should I should I put yeah. a mask on? i
1: uh, no. I think we're I think we're safe in this situation. I okay. think we're. We're more than two meters away, buddy. So,
0: uh, <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> we're over 20 minutes away.
1: Yes, yes, indeed, and um, yeah, you know, I just you know been having some good days, and and you know, missing performing. Absolutely, uh, that is such a huge part. Uh, I know of your life, Johnny, and mine, and uh, all of the members of the CJO, and and just our greater extended, uh, you know musician family, uh, here in Calgary and Alberta and beyond in Canada and and the world, right. It's just, it's just been, you know, uh, a really tumultuous, but, but, you know, also creative time people have been working on their skills. People have been, you know, composing and, you know, doing some great things with their time. Right. But, uh, but I was just saying, saying to, you know, various other musicians I've been talking to just, just when, when you get to a certain point in your, your point in your career, you kind of do what's called performance driven practicing, right? So, so you have a show coming up uh, or you have a series of gigs, uh, The particular group that you're working with. So then, then you, you know, you spend your time perfecting that kind of stuff. And, 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 and that's, really motivating and you can really, really focus your practice on certain things. And uh, so I think it's a little bit, a little bit harder, but it's also an opportunity uh, to improve some things just generally uh, in your in playing. So have I had success with that? I, I would say some, yes, some <laughs> maybe not so much, you know, just because yeah, yeah. like, I don't know if, about you, but I've, I've sort of had this wave, like, you know, practice a lot, get some progress done. And then You know, you kind of get into the valley a little bit and kind of go, "Eh," you know, just the motivation wanes a little bit, uh, makes it a little difficult. But um,
0: yeah, we don't have that, that, that shiny object we're chasing. We don't have that, that concert we're getting ready for that, that Calgary Jazz Orchestra show or that tour or that whatever we're working on that's driving us. Um, I know it's see, it's a little different for me because as a trumpet player, I, you know, you spend a day off and you feel like you're. (laughs) you're struggling and then two three days off yeah yeah. you just so i i took the time to really be on the horn every day in a way that that i couldn't really do when we were working all the time and all the writing i had to do and everything it was just too much demand too many demands on me you know um so as a trouble player i feel good but playing with people that's a skill that i think we're all rusty on it's difficult to just suddenly get to that level of of empathy and reading each other's minds and it just was so easy like especially yeah. when when we were touring last year um with the eight-piece band and then playing with the Calgary Jazz Orchestra and then playing with the 10-piece uh, billboard collective and then doing just doing all the different things we were doing we were always in sync the team was just always ready you know just always firing
1: yeah, exactly. I guess I guess the apt comparison is you know uh, a hockey player that that's off for a long time. He, he just doesn't get on the ice and and everything just clicks that first game. It takes a while yeah. for everything to to start to feel natural again, and and also you know, team. Yeah. And work as a team and and just, and just be able to, like you say, predict each other and, you know uh, yeah. So, and, and that is one of the funnest part about being a musician is, you know, you know, particularly for horn players and I'm sure, uh, you know, rhythm section, uh, players feel the same way piano players who can kind of carry the whole tune themselves but you know i guess they, they might be practicing that whole tune a little bit more effectively at home right now but uh but i know all of us as a as as a greater community just just want to get together and just you know and i know there has been some great stuff uh, virtually and you know concerts outside some great recordings done by you know quite a few artists around and you know, I've, I've been, you know, had been lucky to, to do a few of those myself and, uh, you know, during, during the pandemic. So it's, it's nice and that's motivating. I did some recording and, uh, during the, this time. And so that, that, that was, uh, was really motivating for me, uh, to get a chance to do that. So, you know, so, so that's been good, but, uh, but yeah, up and down, up and down, you know, mostly up though, let's say that.
0: Well, good. And you teach as well. Like you do teach, uh, you're you're. I've I've had the pleasure of coming in and working with uh, trumpet players that are in the bands you teach, and working with the bands that you teach uh, coming in and as a guest director. And you know, one of the things that's always so great that I see you do as a teacher. Well, first, the students always love you, they respect you, and they love you. And you treat them at, at, at uh, teaching high school like high school age students. And you treat them like they are um just your friends you know you you now obviously they need to (laughs) listen to your rules but there there has to be respect yeah yeah there has to be boundaries but but you treat them like they're your friends and you treat them with so much love and inclusiveness and how they open up and respect you for that i love that and i love a couple things is that you your energy Uh, comes through in who you are as a person towards them and you do one thing that I love seeing in in music education which is you play for them and constantly and so they can hear you and hear a professional play and when you have people come in you have them play and you have them play their music for them and their music with them and parts of it and then improvisation with them. And, and that's not something that, you know, a lot of the clinics and stuff that I've seen um, sometimes it's just, we'll just, just work on basic, you know, counting Mm -hmm. and count the rhythm. And I'm like, well, there's so much more
1: 48 through 64 (laughs) and and get that perfect, Johnny. Okay. You know, have them ready for Carnegie Hall when when that's all said and done. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I I I, I thank you for those uh, compliments for sure. And I you know I think I've always not wanted to do a top down. Uh, teaching method I've always wanted to to be collaborative and you know the 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 high school that I teach at Western Canada has got has got some very intelligent kids and Mm -hmm. and so they're certainly able to handle a situation where we're working together to to improve a piece and and to uh, put a program together for for a great concert yeah so no and but but yeah I think respect is is garnered by you know how you treat people but it also you have to be strong at your subject subject matter and, but I think probably even, even, you know, just a titch above those two things is just, just loving what you do, a passion for what you do. yeah. And that, you know, and, and I, you know, for example, that that's why my playing career is absolutely integral to anything else I do, whether it be education or, or whatever like that. And that's why it's been tough at this time when that component is not being utilized as much. It, it's just, you know, because that's part of how how I view myself. Mm -hmm. So that that's been, you know, difficult to, you know, go into my classes, for example, and just, and just feel yeah, I just came off this really exciting concert and we tried these kinds of things. So let's, let's do these. And, and I'm still remembering those and I've had a long enough career that I I've got enough of a, you know, a bag of ideas, you know, um, that, that I could, I can call upon those, but, you know, I, 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 would say, You know, honestly, it's just uh, we're all waiting for this time that we can we can play together with with, you know, none of those mitigations. And, you know, like like rehearsing my big band uh, two meters apart, it just it's a really different vibe you know, and I even did one gig with a big band uh, in, 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 you know, just when so I think it was after the first wave and we were just open and we just had one gig and it wasn't even a full big band. It was like a 10 piece or whatever, a 12 piece, two meters away. And and what a different experience that is because you just, you don't have that you're in the New York jazz club. You know, if you've ever seen a big band in the Vanguard or, or the blue note, Right, uh, I mean, like the saxophone players are, you know, like touching each other's shoulders.
0: Right? they're just sitting on on each other's knees, like yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. down the, the um, you know, it's it's uh, I, I mean, we and we'll we'll experience that a bit because this summer, um, so where where we live, for those listening, we are not allowed to have uh, two musicians in the same. Uh, hemisphere basically playing their instrument so they can't be in a park together they can't be anywhere together that's that's the guideline so um, we we will start doing live streams when we can we'll start doing a, a bit of those things uh, and one of the things I'm looking forward to is when we we are allowed to have a group again. Is I'm going to have the Calgary Jazz Orchestra over, and as as Richard knows, we usually this is my office, and normally we're in the rehearsal hall next door. Just you know, that way, yeah, just over there, <laughs> and um, and so we we uh, will probably actually all set up out in front uh, of the building, and and we're going to do a big, huge, spaced. Um, we usually rehearse in a in a box, like, like we're like all around that, each other, a circle, like around yeah. the circle. Yeah, yeah. And so we're just going to cool. set up and do uh, a circle
2: of
1: life. Right? Did yeah. I get that right?
0: Are you going to sing it?
1: Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> <Richard>. <laughs> Only play the saxophone. Stop. Why did you even <laughs> open that door? Stop it. I'm going to write
0: something for you to sing now. Okay, yeah, so let's. I want to talk. I want to talk a bit about um uh who Richard is. Now we. um because we've known each other a long time. So I will I will blast past a lot of this stuff. But I want people to know uh, more about you. So um, where did you go to music school and who did you study with?
1: Okay, Uh, so I guess, you know, obviously, you know, junior high and high school were important, Uh, uh, you know, had some great band directors, George Cooperus and Cecilia Phillips, who's now Cecilia Grimstead, of course. Uh, you know so you may recognize those names some people out there uh and then when I got to uh, Humber college so that was 1982 and 1983 I know
0: that's back a few years uh, I studied I was, with uh the, I, I uh, shouldn't the, tell you I was barely on the planet at that I know I know point. I won't I tell know. you
1: won't I'm tell just you. you know a little bit older than you but uh, <laughs> I, I studied with a, a guy named Eddie Sossin, uh, uh, who actually you Know it was a big uh guy in the Toronto scene. Uh, he passed away, I think, about 10 years ago, Johnny. Mm. Uh, but just the nicest, nicest gentleman and great player. Uh, but of course, um, uh, the other other saxophone player there that was that taught many of the improv classes was Pat LaBarbera. Okay, and so, great, yeah. yeah, so Pat, so I, you know, we had many chances to to talk to Pat, and of course, he's just out of this world he's incredible right so anyone who's, who's listening
0: you know, if you don't know pat la um well give us give us your favorite pat la disc that someone can check out
1: oh man uh like like every any one of them i i think probably the the, yeah. the the latest things he's been doing with uh i think it's kirk mcdonald right where he's doing the um uh the coltrane oh,
0: the big coltrane
1: I, tribute I, things right i haven't and, even heard and, those
0: so now i'm gonna go oh, listen to those
1: yeah 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 like it's it's yeah Take a it's, note here. it's ridiculous you know but you know, honestly, um, you know, uh, you know, they were big influences, but I, I came back to Calgary and I think, yeah, was it, was it 83 or 84 and I finished off my degree and I studied with, uh, Eric Friedenberg. Which is right um,
0: around, um, I don't mean to interject, but it's, that's right around the time I was, I was learning to ride a, uh, a bike <laughs> without training you're wheels. You're doing that just, again, <laughs> Johnny? <just, just> coincidentally. <laughs> All right.
1: That's why I wear the hat. It, it, it covers that gray. Uh,
0: you don't, know, yeah. you, we look the same age. I just, I, we just, you just, I just, it, it. that's why I say it. It's just always so shocking because I've, well, I've known you most of my, well, my entire playing life. So, but um, okay. So you came back to Calgary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, uh, Eric was teaching at the university at that time. And, uh, I, I also, I think a few years before that too, I, I studied a little bit with, with uh, John Reed. And and actually, uh, you'll you'll kind of get a snicker out of this. Uh, I, I studied with Pat Bellavo a little bit, right? So Bellavo and I were really contemporaries. He's he's a bit younger than I am, right? He's mm-hmm. about uh, four or five years younger than I am. And uh, but I mean, he's just he's just a monstrous player. So I, I went to him and and you know because so like anyone that- who
0: doesn't know uh, Pat Bellavo is a saxophone player in Calgary and YYC yeah. who's an incredible, uh, especially incredible technician, and a, yeah. a lovely, wonderful guy and strangely he was my first jazz teacher when i went to to jet to university to university yeah yeah yeah, because they they had no uh i went in and i wanted to go into the i was in the jazz program and they said okay and they put me with um the wrong teacher for me and it was a classical teacher and a good player good teacher but but the wrong teacher for me and the wrong uh, path for me and and so i asked him if i could take lessons with pat because he was on on faculty and um and so uh I walked into the first lesson with pat and he goes you know i don't play trumpet right i'm like yeah yeah i've i've assumed he was okay play all your scales 300 bpm (laughs) four octaves and then he does it right and i'm I'm still trying to figure out which end of the trumpet to play into and yeah um, exactly yeah um so and and of course you and pat i mean pat's a dear friend of yours and mine and um and uh his first record everyone can check out Paul Verdicton on drums Bobby Shue on trumpet uh, yeah, called yeah, La Zona Blanca and yeah, his, he's got uh, uh Pat Bellaveau also has album, some, Yeah. Yeah and his uh, he's got some music uh that he's singles he's been putting out just recently. Um
1: Yeah, no I know he So been people very, can check out out too. Yeah. during this. You know, you know so I just think that that's the important thing that we, you know, and I learned from you Johnny and I and of course we all as a community you know look to people you know like eric and like particularly al who is just such a consummate uh great jazz player great lines and mm-hmm. and so every time you know in the band uh, whatever band i played with but particularly uh, cjo and you look over and and uh, al takes a solo and we all we're all nodding our heads like okay so that's how we should do it, you know, <laughs> ap- like without a doubt. Right. And uh, one day when we're know.
0: 85, we'll be able to do that. I hope. Yeah, that's yeah,
1: nice. exactly. Yeah, I've got a few years left to, to get that good. But, so Al
0: Muirhead, uh, if anyone doesn't know, is a, a, my musical dad and my former teacher. And uh, and he plays in the Calgary Jazz Orchestra with us. And you can check his records out, too, um, on uh, on Spotify or, or Apple Music, wherever you listen to Al Mierhead. Um Okay, cool. Okay. so. Now, I've known you a long time, but I want to talk about your two favorite heroes. Um, and if I'm wrong, you can correct me. But, uh, but there were two that were really, uh, that you've talked a lot about to me. And the first is the great alto saxophone player who's most famous, probably from playing with uh, Dave Rubeck's group, um, but uh, was the great Paul Desmond, is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. uh You know, and I and I think you know when we were younger, all of us, you know, were attracted to you know. I don't know if you're the same, but I but I I love that kind of fusiony thing. So I may not have, you know, I'm talking when I was elementary through early junior high. I may not have listened to a ton of jazz, but as soon as I sort of yeah, you know, later junior high when we were getting into stage bands and that kind of thing, uh big bands, uh, then somebody turned me on to to this incredible player, Paul Desmond, and. And like, so for the, for, for a long time, tone wise, which is, you know, most people I think would, you know, would say that Richard Harding is not, doesn't sound like Paul Desmond. And, you know, because of, uh, you know, I go for a bigger and more open sound. Right. Uh, but I, I just absolutely love that creamy, beautiful sound that he gets on his, on his smoky, silky, just, yeah. Yeah.
0: In fact, he warm fuzzy, like,
1: Oh, like uh, one of my favorite albums of his is uh, Live at Bourbon, String, uh, B- Bourbon Street in Toronto. And so that featured Ed Beckert on guitar, uh, mm-hmm. Don Thompson, and I can't remember who was the... it uh... will come back to me. But just like such an amazing... It was a quartet. And he he just... He said, you know, my my sound was so... So relaxed, it's, it sounded like three d- dry martinis, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and, and you know what, I'm not really a martini. If three mart- dry martinis yeah. had a sound,
0: it would be Yeah, a, if, if,
1: it, if it did have a sound, it would be like Paul Desmond, right? So, but if you listen to it, it, it it's just, it's a sweet, beautiful, gorgeous, uh, you know, unpretentious sound, right? And, mm-hmm. and so for, for a lot of years, I actually, you know, I was playing on a bit, a bit of a smaller, what's called a Meyer mouthpiece. That's the mouthpiece to use on, on, a, on saxophones, right? And you uh, know, show very us the mouthpiece thing.
0: just for those who don't play yeah. an instrument. The mouthpiece is so the mouthpiece
1: is what you blow into, right? So it's got the reed on it, which is, which is the one that makes the sound, of course. And then you blow into the mouthpiece. The mouthpiece itself, really, most people will say, you know, like, like brass brothers, say, it's like it's the lips. That's where the sound comes from. And you know, but the mouthpiece itself actually produces like you know defines your sound more than anything else. Yeah. yeah and and so you can have like and a, show
0: us the reed too just just turn that in so because yeah. the reed is so, the part that vibrates
1: yeah the reed vibrates and and it's a single reed you know not like a oboe or a bassoon which is a double reed right so single reed instrument and so it's vibrating and then you know gets amplified first by the mouthpiece and then and then through the neck and the, and the body of the horn and, and, you know, so that, so that initial mouthpiece that I used was probably will be much closer to what uh, Paul Desmond would have used, a, you know, just a very mellow, but, but you know, it's not a classical mouthpiece, but it's kind of that next step up. It's a little bit more open, but it's still round. It's still gorgeous, right? He, he has so, such a
0: gorgeous sound that, that still pulls me in when I listened to, to his playing. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to, I've got that list you sent me of, of tracks you like. I'm just going to play the first one because it is Paul Desmond. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, this is, you know, probably one of the most well-known jazz songs from its time. I think it's the second highest selling jazz record of all time, uh, Dave Brubeck's uh, Time Out. And I remember arranging this tune for the Calgary Jazz Orchestra for our Dave Brubeck It was awesome, thing. man. Thanks, Awesome arrangement. And uh, I was so, I, it was so great when you're writing for people and you hear, and then, and then Rich turns around in rehearsal and you got so excited. And that made me excited because I took... Um, I love Paul Desmond's solo on this. So I took his solo and then orchestrated it for the big band, but kept his solo. And, and, and then of course had you solo on it too. But um, isn't that just the sweetest tone?
1: It's just so beautiful. You know, so for someone who is just, you know, maybe just coming to jazz or just starting to listen to jazz, it's a really great way to start, you know, uh, listening because, you know, of course this is with the great uh, Dave Rubeck. Uh, but he also did some solo work, right? And um, you know, so just check him out, right? It's just, just really, really incredible stuff.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um. Okay, so the next person i wanna, I really want to talk about with you is, well, and the one thing I'll say is, is especially after you know working with you for so long, but 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 learning how you play, if I want someone to. If I want someone that has that sweet tone that we just heard and that approach, um, I can write it for you, and then I can, um, and 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 I can just you know be like, no, I, I need I need you to play like Desmond or in that kind of a vein, and you yeah. do it with your own language and your own approach and your own sound, but um, but it's not something you're as known for, and uh, I'm gonna maybe I should take advantage of that more than I, I have historically mm-hmm. even.
1: Yeah, you know it's like anyone like you know when they get known for a certain thing it's it's great to be a strong person in in this particular genre right yeah. but but we also you know feel like we can uh do justice to many kinds of uh, genres and I, and I I've been really lucky in my career Johnny and I think you the same that we've been employed in a lot of different situations. I I worked with the CPO. I worked, of course, with you know many Which big bands. Which is the
0: Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra here in Calgary. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm assuming everybody knows what I'm talking about, but yeah. yeah, you know, so I I've 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 been been able to work with a, a, just a very large variety of groups, and I, I think that helps you hone your musicianship and and, we, and just we got to work the with versatility.
0: The, the Temptations. Yes. Um. That was. Yes
1: that was incredible.
0: I mean, I'm a huge yeah. Motown lover and, and Motown fan and soul music fan. So that was incredible. Just, just the range of, of, yeah, it's, it is you're right. It's really lucky to be able to do that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. so I want to talk about, I think one of your other big influences, um, is, is kind of what people would may recognize in your sound more, which is uh, the great saxophone player, David Sanborn. Yeah,
1: you know, absolutely. In fact, kind of strange, uh, you know the way i went through all these great players but i probably heard Sanborn before uh, charlie parker and cannibal adderley and and you know any any strong jazz player would say well the first two people you should listen to is charlie parker and cannibal adderley right and particularly cannibal who you know had a little bit of that, uh, you know, had all that technique and all that bebop stuff, you know, with that element of blues that I just, that I crave all the time. Um, but yeah, I I heard Sanborn and I I was just of of an age and Sanborn was really big in, in that age. I was probably, you know, the seventies and the, and the eighties kind of, I graduated high school in 82. Right. And so Sandborn was absolutely huge in the seventies and eighties. And, and, and if you listen to movie soundtracks, like Sanborn was like on every second movie, he was doing some saxophone, you know, uh, solo somewhere. And yeah, so he was hugely influ- influencing on me. Um, and, and you know, oddly enough, if you if you talk to David Sanborn, he says, well, I'm not a jazz player. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician. I, I, i'm a contemporary saxophone player and and uh you know although i've heard him play bebop and you know he the guy great can play jazz, yeah. the guy can play great jazz but 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 i think his whole you know approach to sound and and, and you know, approach to tune you know is more more in line with kind of the r&b kind of approach uh to, to playing but, and the sound an and the concepts and,
0: and he yeah. was really even pulling from you you know more about his playing than i do so correct me if i'm wrong but but really he was pulling from a lot of the jazz language and a lot of the jazz Absolutely. lineage um oh, yes. and he he was a lot more than what you would normally hear in an rmb saxophone player at the time um
1: yeah i mean if all you have to do is look at who sanborn plays with and and you know all those jazz greats were willing to work with Sandborn, why because because he's that good he's just you know he has that great musical sensibility and you know one of the greatest horn section that ever lived was was Randy and Michael Brecker and David Sanborn yeah there there are some the recordings of the three of those playing it's just it's lights out it's when, so and when tight he, like and, yeah.
0: skunk, he's on skunk funk is he not like with uh heavy yeah. metal that album yeah. heavy metal bebop by the, the brothers he,
1: I'm not sure he's on that one, but I but, thought but it was
0: him. I thought it was maybe, the Brecker Brothers maybe, and David Sambo. The live versions right I'm
1: thinking. Maybe yeah. the live versions. Yeah. But you know, like I you know, I know they did a lot of commercial work in, in and around that that vintage around the mm-hmm. the eighties maybe into the nineties. And um so but you know, so he he fit in with that crowd and you know how good Michael Brecker is. Right. And so he fit into that crowd. Great. And, and if you, you know, some of the bands that he's, he's come with, uh, Jeff Dean Watts on drums, you know, like just the, the list goes on of, of these incredible musicians. Um, uh, who was that organ player, uh, Joey, uh, De Francesco know, b- d-, d yeah, De Francesco. I bought, so that,
0: I bought my flugelhorn from Joey De Francesco. That's I know. I know.
1: You know what? <laughs> So Joey was playing. Because <laughs> he plays I'm, I'm,
0: great trumpet. He great plays great sax, too. That like, he's so amazing. I
1: think it's Sanborn and Joey and I think Gene Lake on drums, I think it was. Anyways, oh, wow. so this is in this is in uh, I think it was down in Vegas, right? Dreen and I was just like, we're doing the Vegas thing. And and um, so we gotta go check out Sanborn. And and mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah so Joey is playing this great Hammond b3 doing the bass line and uh, and he's just killing it, right? He picks up, he turns around and picks up a trumpet is playing the bass line. Yeah. He's playing doom, the bass line with his
0: feet on the, on the organ or with his hand on the organ. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe
1: both, but it, <laughs> anyway, anyways, like, and, and then he, and he, he starts this trumpet solo and I just kind of went, that's just not fair. Yeah. I I'm know. sorry. And then, then he'll
0: sing the head out. <laughs> exactly.
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> you know, so, so, so yeah. if
0: anyone is listening, uh, Joey check him out. He's, any of his records they're just all slamming he did a a record of michael jackson music that's fantastic um he did one recently something about something about america and i can't remember the title of it but i can see that it's like the american flag on the front but check out joey d francesco um crazy so 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 david sanborn in a nutshell who what what should people check out in david sanborn what give us an album well
1: you know like straight to the heart
0: uh um I don't know that one i gotta listen to that yeah
1: it's straight to the heart uh oh, oh you know what the, i just I had to look down just to remember the name of it. it is with bob james it's called double vision it's it's incredible and al Jarreau sings on one or two of the tracks yeah like it's, it's i don't know that one either i gotta learn I I mean, got, some, I, some people I, might call it like on the edge of a smooth jazz like i suppose but but no, no it's it's just drop dead gorgeous and uh i mean we can give labels yeah. to
0: things all day long but and and it's fun to do from a musicologist standpoint but really it's just music yeah. great music is great music you know
1: yeah and and then uh there's another um i think it's called time again uh that sanborn did um that is just you know it's just just a, one of his great albums and, and what's nice about that is he does a few jazz standards like you know i think sugar and I can't remember what the end was. I don't think my one and only really love, but something like that. And then and then he does his, you know, more kind of towards the R&B, you know, you know, more commercial stuff, right? But um Sandborn's commercial stuff also you know really to me was was really rich. Like it's not you know, it's not just, uh, <laughs> like when you were you're joking about those lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just music. It's not fluff. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, this is, this is stuff that has real substance to it. Right. I agree. But, I agree, yeah. but, you know, like, you know, having said those two names, um, you know, again, the, the Pat Beliveau influence on me, you know, and I, I watched him practice at the university and I was a little bit older and, and he was in his first couple of years and he would just go from the first um, page of the Omni Book to the last page of the Omni Book. That's the Charlie Pat Parker you're talking about. Now. Yeah, Pat bello so the, so the
0: Omni Book is a is a is a book of Charlie Parker transcriptions, and that's when we take the solo. Um, um, you know, most of us do this when we're learning. You, you have, find a musician you love, and then you lift their solos. And but reading the Charlie Parker Omni Book is also a really fun uh, uh, reading exercise, learning more language of of Parker's bebop. So uh, Pat would. Open Charlie Parker solos that were written out and then read them. Just
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and 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 so it, it it inspired me to to listen to and and you know go through that transcription book mm-hmm. and and just you know and then of course Charlie Parker was just the purest thing for me until I listened to to you know Cannibal Adderley and uh, particularly because because you and I you know might be doing a, some project work coming up and we're thinking about bands to to think about, right? Yeah, we will be, yeah. And and so the one band that that was just really after my heart was the Nat Adderley and and Julian, so Cannibal Adderley, uh, you know, so I quintet, I guess what it was, right? You know, things like work song. Well, and, well let's let's know,
0: play let's play a little bit of cuz you sent me your list. So let's I I want to I want to talk about the Adderley brothers cuz I could literally do that for a year. So yeah. um let's talk about uh, Charlie Parker just for a, a couple seconds here uh all the things you are the live version is this the track the one that you were yeah yeah that's it is that who's on trump is that miles
1: that sounds like that sounds like miles
0: is it it's i find it hard to tell with early miles sometimes
1: no that might be that's
0: dizzy (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm thinking that's dizzy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um but I want to hear him. Charlie. Here we go. such
3: freedom.
0: so okay so we're not gonna play the whole thing of course but um listeners check out charlie parker all the things you are live i mean check out all charlie parker but check out this yeah. track this is recommended now um the ca- i think i think i have this one um pretty ready to go to the next one you sent me but it's the cannonball latterly quintet and my favorite uh was always when him and nat were playing his brother uh nat um Nat Adderley on cornet and Cannonball on, on alto. And it always blew my mind that Cannonball was the alto player on kind of blue and how he played on there. And, and yeah, he had a lot of versatility. He was a great ballad player, but like you said earlier, you said the bebop sound with energy and, uh, with the blues, a lot of blues nuance. And exactly. It just, yeah,
1: it's, it's lights out, man. For me. Yeah.
0: Right. Lights out.
1: Um, yeah, talk to PJ Perry, who's, and if people don't know who PJ, of course, a, a national treasure, but he's from uh, Edmonton, spent most of his career and still is living in Edmonton. But PJ, uh, if he said if there was one guy that influenced him the most, it would be Cannibal Adderley, right? So check this out, guys.
0: Oh, man. And this is the Nat Adderley song, work song. Is that loud enough?
1: You could turn it a bit up. Yeah.
0: So much of your bounce and nuance and vibrato and in this sound, I really do. Yeah.
3: Swing okay, okay, so yeah. hard, right?
0: It just swings so hard. There's so much energy and so much soul. Yeah, um, that's uh, "Work Song" by the Canter- Cannonball Adderley Quintet. I mean, if if you don't know that song, check it out. If you don't know the Adderley Brothers, my favorite is the the two album set a "Sophisticated Swing." Um, mm. That I love that one. And this is my favorite recording, actually, of "Work Song" um, from that group. I think. Yeah, Although the other
1: one just open... just just for anybody who's listening who want, wants to listen to a, a great Cannonball utterly thing uh he was in a uh, quartet or quintet i think uh, with uh joseph zalowal who is the the founder and keyboard player of weather report right but they've got this this tune and i think it's called the, it's the cd called mercy 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 and that's how he introduces it right and uh, well, he does a way better job than i just did but <laughs> but oh my goodness and it's slow and it's it's it just it, it is everything you want to do. Yeah, it is know about groove and swinging and, and just soul. Uh, yeah, it's so 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 good,
0: right? The we did do a, a show with the Calgary Jazz Orchestra. We did a, a big band show uh, where I arranged a bunch of. Stuff. Maybe we'll do that again soon because I yeah, I love this it, music and one of incredible. the projects I'm working on uh, for us is a quintet of original music, but in this style that's just you know, that hard bop, post bop, soaked, full of blues, uh, um, swinging energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's yeah. And there's someone later on, on the list there that, that I think is a disciple of a cannonball that, but uh, I don't know if the next one on my list. Oh, yes. Sherman Uh, Irby. Yeah. Sherman Irby is, we'll get, we'll get to Sherman, right. But, 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 um, uh, Yeah. The next one that I'd I'd put on the list. And uh, when I started listening to Duke Ellington, I went, for goodness sakes, who's that alto player? And this lead alto player just played with such passion. And uh, I mean, his big thing was, was being able to, his control of, you know, sliding up to notes and, you know, so glissandos and, you know, all of these things were just smooth and gorgeous and musical um, so Johnny Hodges um you know played lead alto for, for him for, for years, right? It was a, a staple in the band. Um but you know, the one tune uh I think was a Prelude to a Kiss, right, is the one that I don't know if you ha- I don't have, have that have one queued up. up because it's oh yeah that's on and that's fine. YouTube, but, so but, I can't but it, I can't it, it was I can
0: play that right now. But yeah. It So everyone know, check out uh Prelude to a Kiss, Duke Ellington on, on YouTube with Johnny Hodges on on Lead Alto. The I'm gonna play something right now because this was a song I wrote and we recorded it on a Christmas album when it's Christmas time, Orange. and uh, you know it it's uh, it, well this is this is just just the intro and this is this is Rich Harding. <laughs> And you know it, the the best part. I'm gonna I'm gonna give away one of my secrets here. I'd written this whole song. Uh, I I do like this song. It's one of the songs I've written. I like uh, called "Long Way to Go," and you can listen to the to full track. You know wherever you listen to music. But I really didn't. I, I kept sitting down at the piano and sitting down in front of uh, in front of my computer here. So basically, you would see what the computer sees, except for it was a lot more of like, and I was probably wearing sweatpants or something. And um <laughs> you know, trying to come up with an intro, and I could not. And finally, I just started playing um, those those pads that you heard that I wrote out for the horns and the strings, and and then I just heard Rich. I'm like, just just let Rich play, and we did, and that was one take, and it was done. And then this whole ending, um, because I love to write around someone's sound, and I know whenever I want to light a room up, um, I just try to write things that let that just just for you to climb on because you will never stop climbing and never stop lighting the room up and i love it it's Um, a
1: blessing and a curse
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah your kids are probably like stop that's enough i I tend to
1: get a little excited what can i say
0: i mean i love it and so there's there's i just have to cue it up here it's right at right at the end of the song so the song's over there's no melody left anymore and for so the song is like six, six, six minutes 20 seconds long it's already a long track but uh this is a really fun one to do live too because we kind of have this this ending here that's that's large i think there's a little bit of it queued up and then i wrote the whole ending just to let richard harding have fun just listen to richard have a little bit of fun Ooh.
3: So, man, it, have you, I, I haven't
1: I, listened to that track in like for, forever. Wow, well, so, we yeah. I never
0: usually go back and listen to our own tracks.
1: No, I know. Right? I know. We're and we're you know, when you listen to that track, there's always like, oh, I could have oh I should have oh, yeah. I should have <laughs> I should have done it all. But you know, yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely very proud of that. So yeah, it's it's great, right? When you when you get a chance to soar like that and and you're great at giving you know us as players An opportunity to kind of strut our stuff and and you know in in the right venue, right in the right time, and you know and that just I just really felt like that. I I think one story I remember. I think this was a sweet jubilation, and uh, I think the fruit when we sight read it, uh, I just I don't know, like you know I'm really proud of what what's on the album. I I just think you know it's some great work by all the musicians, right? But I just remember that that the day that you introduced that tune to the band and which uh, one uh, so he has risen like that oh, like yeah. I, I mean the whole I mean every track was just like got more crazy and more involved and more you know exploratory, right And then you, know, you get gets to the you know getting towards the end at the eighth movement and and I just I don't know I just that particular rehearsal I just I remember being in the solo and just, and I think it's what all musicians crave. It's that moment where, you know, your hands dissolve into the instrument, your soul dissolves into the into the line, and it's no longer about, you know, semi quavers or you know, quarter notes or eighth notes, and it's now become uh, you know, as Oscar Peterson would describe it, places and and textures and colors and timbers and and, and and whatnot. And, you know, and I you know, I just it's nice when you get to that. And that's, you know, I, that's another thing. If you're going to say one thing that I miss the most, it's those moments where the band gels and everybody gets to that place where, you know, they know the piece well enough that they can just let the music happen. Right. So I
0: remember that. I remember yeah. that really well because, um, okay. So let's talk about he has risen specifically. Cause I wrote that for, uh, the ending of that for you. And we've, I feature you throughout and in the middle in the solo, but, um i remember that was before we had the dedicated rehearsal space and rehearsal hall and um and there's actually a picture that was taken that night when i was conducting and playing that was my i think it was my facebook profile for a long time and and which might be partly why i'm tying my memory in there but um we were at that uh, at that rehearsal space and i remember it and i remember we all felt it and i I believe I just called a break after because it, uh, you lit the room up and you pulled us together and you pulled, you know, the interesting thing that we do to th- that the musicians do to each other. But you did it where you you I felt elated because you you saw what I was doing, what I was trying to go for. We had we had done it, I think, once or twice. We talked about it and then um, and then you showed everybody what we were doing. You know, you were, you were directing from the soloist chair. You're just like, no, no, this is, this is, and I went, yes, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> thank you. And, well, uh, yeah, I,
1: I, I mean, Johnny, like, like many times you've come in front of the group and you when you were talking about me conducting other uh, youth groups, right. Right. You know, you can say it 10 times. Or in the the old adage, like my mom and dad always used to say, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Well, in music, you know, if you, if you capture the essence, if you play it to any group, all of a sudden, you know, this is what it's supposed to sound or like we're doing now and you, and you you play a cannonball thing and oh, okay. Yeah. Now that's it.
3: (laughs) That's
0: That's what 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 we do. Yeah. That's
3: what, yeah, we're going. Which
0: is why listening for us is is, as growing as musicians and for uh, any student of music, whether it's um, a student, a listening student or a, um, a studying, playing student or a, a hobbyist student, listening, go to live shows and listen yeah. to every record you can and log it all and be aware, you know, and focus on it, all that. Um, yeah, absolutely. This is, I, I wrote this song actually when I was I was in New York years ago. Um, I was just hanging out with Tommy Banks. Um and uh, rest his soul yes and we had just gone to see um we had just gone to see uh bob minster's big band do uh his arrangement of love supreme with kurt allen singing it was crushing it was crushing oh, that, must have,
1: that must have sucked it was Johnny. was
0: unbelievable <laughs> right
1: and so good right
0: and uh i i went back to where i was living in in uh the and I'd been working on all sorts of uh, charts for people and doing some writing for people, you know, some musician work. And um, and this sound came to my head for this, like this gospel sound came to my head. So I wrote the song then. But when I wrote the, the arrangement, I was doing the, the final orchestration for the, the premiere of Sweet Jubilation in 2015 or something. Um, I finished the, the movement and I knew I wanted to do more with it. I didn't know what it was. I was about to go to bed and I started hearing these lines in my head and I wanted, then I just wanted, like, then I went, Rich Harding needs to take this at the end of it. And everything after was literally just what I heard in my head that should be underneath you. And um, and this was the, this is, you can listen to the full track. Um, I'd, I'd be honored if you did. Uh, everyone is watching Oh, you're making me blush, right now, Johnny. Right. Yep. Well, <laughs> good. Good <laughs> thing this is just radio and no one can see us. Yeah, um, no th-
1: Thanks for for being so nice.
0: The uh, well, thanks for being so freaking great at what you do. Um, so I I literally wrote the end of this. I'm just going to cue this up. I don't know if this is the right. Um, and it's not playing back for some reason. I have to find a fresh track.
1: Um, yeah, I know. Well, sometimes you have to refresh. You know how things get. In,
2: these,
0: in this
1: electronic world uh, as we found uh, just before we got on you're like trying some uh, stuff on my end and, and it was like oh okay that backing track's not going to work
0: oh brave new brave, world
1: he brave, here it is, here it is. Um,
0: and I did write this this is D Daniel singing I did write this with her in mind she is incredible uh, love her to pieces. love so this is you soloing And then have you guys going with the choir and the big band, but this is this was the. Apologize for jumping around if I'm driving. Around so the song ends here. You don't want everything to come down before we lift it, and then just let you play. And delay when you come.
1: I'm thinking about it, I'm I'm thinking, okay, all right. I don't know what I was eating that morning.
0: Great work, man. Keep eating it. <laughs> um eat whatever and, you eat. And and, uh, and and John May on drums, you know, so creative and pulls the yeah. energy forward and so much groove and Doug Burner was playing uh lead trumpet. Lead trumpet yeah, just yeah crazy right sounding gorgeous and the choir the energy they came with and um man I, I love that it's one of my it's one of my favorite things that, that we've recorded together. Um probably because I'm not playing at that <laughs>
1: <laughs> not no, not at all you, you, know, Nick, you play so much on that suite when you think about it right yeah Is it 11 movements right am i right it's yeah 11? 11 movements yeah. 11 movements right so yeah. i mean you're all over so much uh you know of it and i i actually don't
0: on, it, on that entire fun. i'm conducting on that whole thing the way i wrote it so i don't i don't play i don't even play like you know any harmony parts or section parts or stuff in that one because it's um that's a tiring suite we we that was a concert that got canceled when everything locked down and i think when if we can perform next april we which I, i'm assuming we will what it's looking like this will be on the yes the please docket. yes docket. please <laughs> Um, i'm gonna go to questions here because i've i've totally neglected statements and questions oh sure um uh todd hi hi there you guys hi todd thanks for watching uh he says love your horn collection johnny well thank you i uh, <laughs> <laughs> i
1: know yeah like I, I thought I had some a lot of saxophones. No, I have no saxophones compared to how many trumpets <laughs> Johnny has. I, I, I don't has.
0: even know how many I have anymore. Um, they're just kind of fun. Um, hi, Claudia. Um, nice to see you too. And uh, Don said, I can't wait until I can hear you fellows live again. CJ was missed for sure. Thank you, Don. I can't wait to hear us live either or, yeah. or play with everyone or perform for you. That's. Uh, we share that uh, that sentiment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, thank you, Todd. I hope you're doing well. And uh, uh, if there are any questions, just fire them off. Um, entertaining, edifying. Uh, well, thank you so much, Sue. Thank you for watching. Um, I uh, think uh, loving the conversation and music. Thank you, Wes. It's very nice of you to say. Um, if you have any questions uh, for Richard, let me know. His his official name from me is Sir Richard of Harding. Um, so if you have any questions for Sir Richard,
1: from um, McEwen Glen, uh, <laughs> which is true, I live on. Which is you know, true,
0: you yeah. live on and Glen. Um, yeah. But we'll edit that out so nobody can find you. Okay. So, what uh, do you remember where you and I first met?
1: I was probably, was I a university student and you were you, like a high school student or was it just, just after that? I, I, you know, cause I know we met, we've known each other for probably 30 years. I would imagine.
0: Yeah. Would you say? yeah um, I
1: Was it on a, was it on a gig?
0: I don't we, think it, I, I mean, it? I, I can't remember the very first time. That's the truth. Mm. But I do remember one of the first times I got to hang out with you. I was a university student and um i was 17 and uh lenny pickett was do- who is the yes. saxophone player from saturday night live so anyone who's watched uh, snl especially at the end the saxophone player who lights the roof off the joint uh, yeah. at the end of those shows mm-hmm. constantly every night um is lenny pickett and lenny pickett was doing a clinic at st uh st john's music national music something like in a music yeah. store yeah. in town yeah, yeah. and uh and we were there. I, I was. I was at that. Yeah. And, and I, I, I. I remember, remember watching oh, you uh, gobsmacked at his yeah. at, at what he could oh, do. Yeah. And um. And then we Vietnamese went out for for food after. I think we had Vietnamese pho. Uh, you, me, and yeah. a couple other musicians. And I think that was a, kind yeah. of one of the first times I actually got the pleasure of hanging out with you because you oh, yeah. were were a, a legend on the scene already. I was. Um, <laughs> you know, I was. Uh, still a, trying the legend and Glenn <laughs> <laughs> the legend of MacQueen Glenn I, I um and I I and then we we were working with uh Dave Pierce in the Grandstand show and and yep. um and yeah, I got to, to work with, you there. you had already been working with them and I got to come and, and join you guys for for a large number of years there and um and we were working That's with Tim I, Tamashiro and
1: Yeah, like I remember those early shows and yeah with Tim and 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 with Dave and and I know we even did some shows whether it was Theatre Calgary or mm-hmm. or you know just various other venues like that like when you were just breaking into the scene yeah. and um, yeah like like I mean those those were great years right of uh, lots of playing and yeah. you know uh, lots of learning by all of us including you know
0: well, and especially awesome me because so-called so-called I got to more see, experienced musicians right I got to see the more experienced musicians and see the way you handled things and way you did things and and when. Uh, when you succeeded um, and when you um, struggled, and how you would r- respond to that, and it's so important. It was so important for me to see that it was okay for you to say, "I don't have this." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Should we run that again? And you're like, "There's no, there's no need."
2: Yeah, I don't yeah, have it. I'll yeah. have
0: it for the next rehearsal. Yeah, I'll practice. And I'll instead and of practice that, instead yep. of that fear going, "Oh no, I have to try to play something I really can't play," you know, and and yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I learned so much from.
1: My my favorite moment in, a, in, in 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 that respect was uh, P J Perry was sitting right next to me for like forty gigs in theater Calgary and and uh, there was this one clarinet you know it was a tripling book right and, and this one clarinet lick that I just I would, every night it was just like praying to the jazz gods that I could play this lick right and then finally I think it was like the 39th, you know, or yeah it was it was forty shows I think maybe anyways the 39th gig I said. PJ, I'm so sorry. I've been doing my best to play that lick, and I go, I go, like, how do you, how do you play that lick? And he goes, well, I just modified it, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just went, oh, <laughs> like this whole time, I'm struggling to get every note, and he just went, oh yeah, well, I just left out that note and this note, and I played this note, and that note, and it made perfect sense. To wisdom, me,
0: right? yeah, wisdom, Experience. right there. Right yeah, there. Just, my yeah.
1: So it was like, wow. Okay. Now um, I understand.
0: So speaking of, and now you playing a lot of high notes there. So for saxophone players, can you, um, in one minute or less explain to us now, they call it altissimo on, yes. on, the, yeah, on the, um, how did you learn it and any quick tips and, and a quick demonstration?
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember, I think it was the summer of grade 10 and it was the summer that both my parents were really thinking about, you know, selling me to, you know, where would take me, basically? <laughs> the right? highest bidder. The highest bidder or the lowest bidder. Um yeah, no, it's it, it, so what I what I first did, I'll grab my alto here. Is you start, you know, figuring out about uh um partials, right? <laughs> so i'm just going ah uh, to earth uh, so, so because the...
0: of the pre- the sound pressure there actually when you started going up about halfway through it zoom cut your sound out Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah.
1: because yeah. Zoom Zoom doesn't like those high notes. they those going Richard. Like those high notes. Stop is... that! But like, so basically, what those I do aren't is change like, standard high notes no, for Zoom. You're not supposed to be doing that. So like, so I'll, my tongue starts low, sort of ah, and it goes to er, uh, and the high notes so ah, uh, uh, and and so you can start. I'll play a little softer this time. Maybe you hear.
3: It. <laughs>
1: and so you start basically what you're doing is you're splitting you know it's like a, a, a piano string vibrating and then vibrating in half and then in quarters and then eighths and so you get an octave and you get a fifth above that then you get a fourth above that then you get a third and a third and a minor third and, and until it gets you know it's, you know until it gets to really small even smaller than and semitones right and so when you once you can kind of get that throat position then you can start trying some of your high notes and, and again this may they may not you may not hear this just because it might cut it off, but so that's an octave above that. Did can you I don't... do that again?
0: Just a little quieter, it Cut it, it cut sure. it down a little. You could hear cut, it, but it's yeah. quiet. Yeah, so
1: okay, that's well, an you...
0: octave. You can hear it a bit. It's cutting it off, but I think hopefully... It's cutting it off. Can...
1: but but So so basically, it's an octave above the, the regular range. And the reason saxophone players, they did, didn't do it just to annoy the audience. No, uh, the reason they did is because the saxophone only has a, a range of two and a half octaves. And so saxophone players were looking for a way to express themselves with a wider range. And uh, so I think that's when people really started to you know, to explore altissimo. And, and so the way I do that is, you know, just start practicing scales up just into the altissimo, just one or two notes in and then go a little bit further and then start playing melodies up there and that kind of thing. Um, which which is it,
0: very similar, what you're talking about as to what is how, how we learn on, on, a, on a trumpet, which is we, um, there's a lot of ways to do it improperly that make it really uh, less efficient. Yes, um, yeah. and some people actually do that to great effect so you know it's it's hard to, to, to judge or, or to say but but uh, but as you go up we'll use tongue position in the back um, a, a lot like O-A-E-A, you know to, to, um, to help channel the air and um, yeah, and, just, and just and just do certainly. scales that just touch the top just touch what's difficult not not try to go way up there just just touch and then they, they grow over time right so is it the same as you as you play? that that altissimo register just c- continues growing up. Is that what's happening then?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you, you're just, you're figuring out those positions that, that those note resonate and, and you're, you're looking for the the proper resonance for each note. And and then, so you'll get these complicated fingerings that, that are just a little bit wackier than your normal fingerings. Right. And, and, but it, the whole idea is it's trying to split a fundamental, fundamental right? and get to get, you know, the first or second or third partial of that fundamental. And so, and the thing that's cool. kind of maddening about them is that the fingering uh, changes from horn to horn uh, as an alto to tenor, tenor to bari. Or from a make just, as well, right? Uh, like uh, if yeah, you, like go, so. you
0: play a Selmer, yeah. and then if you go to a Yamaha, it's different altissimo.
1: Exactly. Like right. I went, I actually owned a Yamaha for about five years. Great horn. I actually really loved it. But every time I went to the alt, altissimo, I was playing wrong notes because it was so such a different uh, harmonic series that I just and, and I had to sell. I thought I sold you it were to just using student. that
0: as a cop out when. No, you, <laughs> no, But what about uh, when it was in the staff and you played a wrong note? Was that the, <laughs> was it? <laughs> Talent. Lack it. Of <laughs> right. lack okay. Of okay. So do you remember your first uh, Calgary Jazz Orchestra gig?
1: Oh my goodness. Wow. It's a long, long time ago. Like I'm not an original member, but I I wasn't, you know, like probably a few years after that. I, Johnny, can you remember it was like two or three years into it or something like that? But, but I remember
0: to me, you were always, you You were always 15 or
1: 20 years, like so close. Like I, I, you know, I just went, Oh, I hope Johnny calls me. And he did. (laughs)
3: um,
1: But, but yeah, I, I really think, you know, some of the first gigs that I remember were, I think at, uh, church down south uh west side king's uh church okay yeah you're
0: you're pretty much an original member because we did a string of concerts like seven or something in a row um where we did kind of a sinatra harry conic-esque christmas show yeah um
2: yeah exactly yeah
0: Yeah. okay um yeah no and and i and i
1: you know it was it was great and I, i guess for me you know my my memory of the sort of the the modern if you could if you could call it cjo the modern cjo is probably the river park church concerts when we started yeah. the, that venue because I think that you know was a perfect venue the, the size is great the acoustics are great uh you know and I just I think that's when the band was starting to gel and really starting to come into its own and and yeah. um, you know so like to me you know i pro- probably the, the biggest memory I had was when we, I think the Christmas show was, was started to get, you know, sold out every year. And we finally had to split it to, get to do an afternoon and evening show. And I just kind of went, okay, that's, you know, not that we've arrived because you never arrive as a musician or a band, but, but it that's was a, just, that the, was a huge milestone. That was a milestone for us. And, and the and first, so that the good. first really Christmas
0: good. show we did was our second season, um, at, at the river park auditorium thing there. And, and, uh, we, uh, I, th- I think I pulled the trigger on that like three weeks before the show. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, let's just go crazy. And I think we had sold 80 tickets. It was really low. And then it was lined up blocks away and um, and to buy tickets at like 15 minutes to the show. We had to delay the show um, just to get everyone in because we weren't prepared and we had 550 something seats and, and it's been an amazing thing. Um, Yeah. Okay. So what is the, what is the funniest moment you can remember from the CJO?
1: (laughs) Oh man. Uh, So many uh, great moments. uh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I think Jim had alluded to a couple of things when his uh, symbol went flying across the stage that one time. It was like, it scared the maybe not across the stage but it it fell over like oh when it fell yeah in in in, in an opportune moment right you know sort of like the, the crash symbols you know for an orchestra member uh you know in the wrong spot right um you know i would say probably i don't know if it's a funny but just fun moment you know like um you know when i'm looking around you know probably you know probably was here I'll this this sort of latest one i, I can really remember is, is when there's i can't remember what uh it was more of an r&b tune but the whole saxophone section was kind of doing the battle do you remember which tune that is
0: uh i mean
1: it, I, it'll come to you i think anyways. i wrote
0: that in the uh papa's got a brand new bag in the soul I, yeah concert that's on that's the it. James that's Brown. It. yeah okay yeah.
1: papa's got a new bag right and yeah. and you know me just eating that stuff up anyways right and, <laughs> and uh and i just I just looked around as each saxophone player took their turn to, to tear it up. And then, and then we played as a, as a group afterwards. And I just thought, you know, like for a saxophone player, just band, just like, is there any better moment than, than just that freedom of uh, and, and and collective fun, right. And just, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm sure it's eluding me like any, any hilariously fun moment, but funny moment, but that was one of the most memorable moments, you know? So
0: one of the cool uh, things uh, about that too, was, Um, uh, someone came up to me and said they introduced me and I I wish I wish I could remember the lady's name now. She was, she was so nice. She was so lovely. Um, But they introduced me to her and they said she, she toured and sang with James Brown after the show and she said she loved it. And so I thought that was, um, that that was was amazing. I'm like, well, I wish I'd known we just get you up and sing with us. But
2: well, and um,
1: I think the other, the other moment that I I remember is, you know, cause this is a big tune for my mom and dad and that's my one and only love. And, and you featured me on my one and only love, uh, you know, cause I, I get, I get, you know, good chances to, you know, to play on, on the high energy tunes, but, um, but this was a great chance to explore the, the ballads. And I just, you know, cause I love that tune and, and, uh, my parents loved that tune. It was kind of, I, I think, Aww. I think in fact it was their kind of wedding uh, thing you know you know rest their souls like my dad's been gone for about five years my mom has been gone now for uh it's two i think yeah two yeah. years so it's been yeah, been a while they were,
0: but... can we t- tell tell the uh, the listeners their ages when they
1: passed uh, so they they my dad was almost ninety and my mom was ninety one when they passed away yeah. and so they they had amazing they had lives an amazing life uh absolutely but uh but i just whenever i play that tune and it's like it's like anything like what i think musicians try to find you know what what is the significance of this tune and, and and if you do have a significance like that you can it even amps up the emotions it even amps up the motivation to to get the tune right and to get the tune you know to its most emotional point right and yeah and and um, well you
0: you played something it was funny when i came up with the idea cuz i called you as i do a lot of the musicians i'll go or i'll send something like um oh jerry's watching jerry says hey hey jerry Jerry Yeah. He, he's on in two weeks, I think. But um, he's on all so, the time, man. He's, he's on, on yeah. all so, the time. Uh, you know, and, and it's kind of like I'll I'll send snippets because Jerry's such a great soprano sax player. I'll send him screenshots and I'll send screenshots to different players going, is this even playable, is this doable? Because I have this whole idea and and guys always always want the challenge. But I remember, I and I don't remember what it was. I think you and I were playing a job somewhere. We're playing a show somewhere. We're doing a recording somewhere and we played a ballad together and you played so beautifully and then i think i called you a few days later and i said i have this idea for this mm. kind of maria schneider-esque uh orchestration arrangement f- um with a bunch of composed parts to feature you on my one and only love is, you know would you yeah. is it oh yeah i would love would to I? record that something would i yeah i would love to record that
1: um johnny would you would you let me play that tune
0: i'm pretty sure that that's in the cards yeah <laughs> i i wrote the arrangement for you so i'm pretty sure you're getting in um okay can and uh I play it now can i play it now oh yeah why don't you play a few bars of it right now
1: just a few bars yeah just just for my for my mom and my dad my mom and my dad who i miss dearly <laughs>
0: beautiful brother just beautiful i i just every time i hear you play every time you know it's 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 um there's something that i get excited about as a i guess as a director or as as an arranger as a composer is when i hear someone with a unique voice a unique soloing improvising voice and then i just want to utilize that you know and write for that and and uh, I just want to dress the whole band up around you now, and let you <laughs> just let you play the way you want to play, you know. Appreciate um, that, buddy. Man, we got some comments here. Um, um, Bob and Andrew, hi Bob. Um, you guys have too much fun, and that's what we miss about the CJO concerts. Can't wait until you're back. Thank you. Us too. Yeah, man. Um, Maureen yeah. Bush said, "You're killing me, Rich." <laughs> I think that's. I think the kids that's a good thing to the kids. I think these that's days a good thing, yeah, yeah. With their vernacular. Yeah. Um thanks Maureen. <laughs> thanks, Maureen. Uh John Towell, trombone player. Great trombone player says, love it. Um great uh, saxophone player, Gary Sylvester says beautiful, Rich. Jerry oh. Bear, yay Rich. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Mona laughing Hi Mona. Course. Beautiful, mm-hmm. thank you, Rich. Um the uh okay, so um I'm going to ask you very quick questions now okay um rapid fire so this is a this is a this is a two part okay well how do I, how do i ask this okay how hard is it to play the sax on a scale of 1 to 10 well, well i mean that's okay maybe on a more appropriate scale of sax to trumpet how hard is it to play the sax
1: so i always say it's really a 3 or 4 to learn right so it's it's pretty but it's a 10 to master there you go right you know whereas the trumpets a good seven or eight you know just to get that thing to to speak and then you spend the rest of your life getting to 10
0: i don't (laughs) i don't know how to get past two um okay awesome yeah yeah um we've toured a lot we've performed a lot we've recorded a lot what is your best moment on tour
1: you know uh is it, so amazing uh you know in the news lately there's been such you know it's politically charged you know of course when you go through a pandemic you know it, it's it brings out the best and it brings out you know obviously the opposite to that but when we toured Alberta and we did that. Uh, I don't know how many concerts we did, Johnny, twenty or whatever, uh, in rural uh, Alberta. I okay. just met so many incredible people, and and I always knew it. I knew Albertans and Canadians in general, but in and specifically Albertans are, are incredible people. But mm-hmm. but I just I met so and talked to so many people that I hadn't had a chance to you know to get to know and chat with, and and really realized that. You know how much culture there was, how much they they loved their venues, and they were proud of of, of and their everything. communities and their, and their community. They're so proud mm-hmm. of their communities, and so like to me, there was probably no specific moment, but I just I remember coming off the stage and just feeling, just that that great acceptance by this incredible community and and uh, I th- you know it
0: was you know just amazing. the amazing thing is that they would they would have this approach. So we did it. We did a, a tour where we 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 did. Uh, I think it was over 35 in about a year that was all small, small town. Uh, our joke was we, we, we played town so small they don't even have a Boston pizza. Was the, you <laughs> yeah, know, that's right. we played yeah. in and these communities and these people were so lovely and so warm. And, and again, like you say, you knew they would be. But um, you just you just wanted to go back. And they were so uh, lovingly aw and humble about it. They were so like, oh, I, thank you so much for coming. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. We'll come back every year. This, Any, was, this was so much f- yeah. Anytime. This was so much fun. The people were so lovely. The, the, it was amazing. And the concert halls and the venues they created were gorgeous. But all that,
1: you know, niceness and incredible uh, people aside, uh, the, there was a certain bowling match that I was thinking somewhere between Lethbridge and... Tabor or something like that that was like killer. Like we had, you know, you think we're competitive on the stage. You should watch us bowl. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, think I did
1: great on the first one. And then, but I think a few people kicked me butt on my butt on the, on the second, uh,
0: the second maybe, one. but I, all yeah. I recall is just Richard Harding, <laughs> Sir Richard of Harding destroying us at bowling. Um, mm-hmm. we would constantly go bowling. We go bowling, bowling on tour, wherever we are, anytime. If we have a, a bit of time on a Saturday or something, we'll go bowling. Yep. Um, uh uh and i i just got a note here um ask him about your scratchy towels now we we stayed at a do you remember there was a there was one it was like a mom pop motel there was a hotel there was nothing around i think it was about five rooms yeah and the hotels were like the great grandmother's old linen in the in the top for the towels if you want to exfoliate
1: yeah. It was the perfect venue, right? You, you lost just, a lot of weight get,
0: after that shower. You, you get out of your
1: shower, you just you get all that dead skin away. Cool. You're good.
0: Okay. So, um <laughs> here we go. Uh, uh first answer, favorite all-time record. First thing that comes to your head. Oh, uh, oh. uh
1: probably Paul Desmond uh his live album in Toronto uh called Live at uh, Bourbon Street. It's okay. just
0: it's. Ridiculous. I don't know it. I'm going to go check that out now. You got to check um, it out. And uh, now, now we've come to the the, the the kind of the end of the program here. We've um, and I want to ask you a series of questions, um, and I want you to treat this like a job interview, <laughs> like the world's most awkward job interview. <laughs> I want you to answer these questions quickly, truthfully, and honestly. Okay. As if your livelihood depends on it. Depends on it, because <laughs> it probably Great. does. Okay, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? In twenty
1: birch. seconds, a birch. Birch. It's it's got real character and and beauty. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh oh. So you have character and beauty. Good. You know. Um, two part <laughs> question. Two part question. What is the world's best instrument and why is it trumpet?
1: <laughs> you know uh probably the 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 most beautiful thing i've heard uh is a french horn uh you know and you know think about how rob mcconnell used french horn in his arrangements yes so it, not only symphonically is french horn just like it's the really i think what a lot of the major composers kind of built the brass section around was that that wall of French horn sound mm-hmm. right but you think uh, there are a lot of jazz you know that you know more ad- advanced more adventuresome uh you know composers who use the French horn just because of the pure most gorgeous sound and and I'm I know mm-hmm. I'll get some major hugs from Heather Wooten and you know and uh <laughs> well you know My, mine's back then. Yeah, yeah but I'm not yeah. as good as Heather Wooten
0: um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, I have a, I have a, I have a thing I have to attend to, which is hilarious. Cause this is live. So I got to, I'll kid. be right back. It's probably, back. Your, it's probably tell kid. me about uh, your all-time favorite record. Tell them about your all-time favorite record and why. Okay. I'll
1: be right. Back. Right. So, uh, you know, again, it was that, uh, Paul Desmond album and, uh, it had a tune called, uh, Windy. Uh, also a tune called wave, which is a great standard, um, that you should listen to, uh, for sure. Um, you know, just, just ama- amazing, stuff. Um, I don't know, you know, there, there's so many albums for those people who are listening. Um, you know, just, just getting a chance to, to get it, dive in, you know, and, and I, of course we're talking about saxophone because I'm a saxophone player, but you know, uh, I heard Miles Davis, uh, twice in my lifetime, uh, once at Massey hall in Toronto and once, uh, in Switzerland. Uh, and this was about a year, maybe half a year before he passed away. I think it was in uh, 1990 possibly. And what a life-changing moment that was to see such an incredible artist, uh, uh, perform, uh, the other, the other, you know, the other thing I would say, uh, if people are looking for bands to listen to, um, there are so many. If you call it the best band, that's that's a loaded, you know, um, statement because there are so many incredible bands. But um, the Jazz at Lincoln uh, Center Orchestra uh, that plays at the Jazz at Lincoln Center in New York, um, I've been there several times, and um, I, you know, I, I've heard that band play such a variety of works, and they not only have. Uh, the technique down of their instruments but they also have uh, you know they have the soul they have the history uh, and you know just the way they approach it like I, I actually was uh, participated in in a whole summer uh, the Jazz at Lincoln Center actually had for donation. And I think I donated like a hundred bucks American and, and people could donate like 20 bucks or, you know, a thousand bucks American, whatever they could afford. And so literally it was two weeks of, of lessons from all these incredible musicians like Sherman Irby and, and Chris Crenshaw and trombone. And well, of course, you know, uh, Wynton Marcellus on, on trumpet and the list goes on and on and on just incredible musicians. And they were just, they were just giving, you know, talks about, about, you know, how they approach music and what what they were thinking. And, you know, all of those things were important. You know, technique is important. And uh, I'm just talking about the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. Uh, Johnny, I'm just talking about the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. And, oh, yeah, are you, are you on? Are you just, you're just kidding with me?
0: I agree 100% with everything you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like, like, uh, so if if you
1: have not out there and whoever's listening, if you have not heard the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra, in my humble opinion, and you know, I've heard the Vanguard band, I've heard, you know, the Count Basie big band, you know, and actually heard it the Count Basie big band five times once with Count Basie before he passed away, and then four or five times after that. Um, so yes, I, I guess I am a little bit older, but, um, you know, like, those are all incredible bands. But right now, I think for my money, you know, they have just the right you know, qualities of, of great technique and musicianship and and sort of, you know, purpose in what they do. And, um, you, know, I, you know, I just, I, 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 could, I could go on and on, but- but The so, Jazz and Lincoln
0: Center Orchestra is absolutely amazing. Every band you just named is amazing. Um, yeah, but the yeah. JLC is one of my favorites. You can yeah, sure. watch them um, on most of their concerts, they live stream. Um, so you can watch them on, on YouTube and uh, or at uh, uh, Wintonmarsalis.org slash live i think it is and um or at jazz at lincoln center they have their live streams very um well done um very well produced okay so sorry i apologize i just had to pay the pizza guy okay so um (laughs) (laughs) yeah well actually i don't i don't think they deliver pizza to a van down by the river but um so you're a new uh let me see Uh, how many saxophone reeds would fit in your room in, in this one that I'm currently in that in. room yeah,
1: yeah oh my god uh,
0: a million a million uh, wrong the answer is 1.1 million um <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years
1: you know you know normally when you, if you'd ask a question like that I'd go like oh five five years from now I just have all these lofty goals I'd like to do this and I'd like to do that. I just want to be outperforming. I want to see a vibrant cultural scene, uh, you know, with great patrons, with great artists, everybody enjoying it. And, and I, I know everybody wants that right now and everybody's, mm-hmm. it's going to take time for it to build to that. But what I see myself in five years and, and I remember Cody, who I think you're going to talk to Cody next week, right? Yes, so, that's right. Yeah. So Cody was, was saying to me that, um, you know, when this all started, he said, you know, rich three to five years and you know, I was just praying to the jazz gods that he was incorrect with that. And, and uh, but it, it, he's probably right. I, and like, there's I a think degree be, of what he's be. saying
0: is true because people, and it's funny too, when this, when the lockdown occurred, just to speak business, they'd say, oh, well, well can't you live stream? Or, or, oh, I saw music's open again. There's, there's a, I'm like, well, 10% capacity at a small jazz club is not our job yeah, it's back. It's um, And it does take 18 months to three years to book tours and put careers back yep. together. And yeah. the amount of logistics and business that go into what we do, yeah. um, it takes time. So and it'll be- what
1: Cody, you know, Because Cody's uniquely positioned because of, of the you know the ventures also being a great musician. Meaning Cody also. Hutchinson,
0: the great bass player, the, uh, the artistic yep. director for Jazz YYC, the yep. president of Chronograph Records, yes. the uh, Time for Jazz radio host, uh, pretty yeah. much he's, he's just jazz mafia. You know, he, he has all the, <laughs> he's got all the, no. all the keys. He holds all the, no. but you know, he's right. He's right. Um, but, okay. but
1: having said that though, I, I'm the eternal optimist. Yes, that, you are. Like you were, you were, you were saying by, you know, by Christmas that we can be doing shows and maybe, maybe a little bit min, you know, mitigation and maybe a few less people. But I, but you know, I, I decided early in my career and I remember this one gig at, uh, I think it was Beatnik. And there was eight people in the band and four people in the audience, and that band tore the roof off that night. Because we all looked at each other and said, "They're worth it," and we are doing our best show. And so, if there's you know X number of people, half a half a house or third of a house, you're going to get the best show. You know, you know. Obviously, when when things are hopping and it's it's a full house that there's a little extra you know that adrenaline that hits your body for sure but but i i just decided early in my career that that it everybody don't i don't care what size of audience what side of size of venue i'm going to give my a game every time
0: absolutely when you play you come to play <laughs> that's sir richard of harding right there don't no fooling around there baby no fooling around um but yeah it's true though it, it and cody was 100 right and and he's he's got a great you know mind for business and and uh, and is uniquely positioned, as you say, because of all of the hats and that he wears, and all the incredible things he does. Um, and we'll be talking uh, about that with him next week. But um, but yeah, we're he he loves this music, and and he fights for this music, and he fights for for uh, opportunities for musicians like we um, in and I do too, and and you do too, and we all do our part, and so we'll be out there scrapping to make uh, to put everything back the way it was, and better because I I wanted to grow from where we were before so okay so I have another question for you this is very there's a very serious one okay and you have 20 seconds to answer it if you were a pizza delivery man how would you benefit from scissors
1: (laughs) I'd have to be a trombone player to know that answer
0: (laughs) good answer
1: I forgot you play saxophone sorry Um, sorry,
0: John, John if you're still here (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: that. or if my brother mark mark are you sorry i love you trombone players by the way when i said favorite he could never i, sh- I should have said trombone he could never my brother will now <laughs> <so many.
0: laughs> he can never tell a joke without apologizing for it after okay so i'm so um, sorry
1: i'm canadian sorry if sorry you did, did if you, you woke
0: up and had two thousand unread emails and could only answer 300 of them how would you choose which ones to answer ones who needed it the most okay triage i like it if you could only choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life what would it be my one and only love okay nice i was gonna pick careless whisper for that you, was an but... easy one um what's that what were i you was gonna pick? pick careless whisper for you but oh yeah which by yeah, the way is a gorgeous song <laughs> but the sexy sax man um if you know youtube thing kind of kind of ruined it for a while but i i want to take on the challenge of maybe at our next soul concert because you know i love uh, i'm a big george michael fan but uh, he's a great singer but I, I i think i want to take on the challenge of arranging that for jazz orchestra and somehow making it not sound cheesy with that intro i don't know if that's yeah or
1: or or uh, uh like like i just uh saw this one arrangement that has the lick boba
0: da be
1: somebody actually wrote a tune around that the, the lick
0: man shane stats and Statsen, i did that tune, actually i <laughs> but i shane shane no. stats and i did that we called it the theme or something like that I can't oh remember did you yeah? yeah yeah there you yeah, go
1: so, so you you were you were uh you were before that i, I think this was after the fact then so yeah we a, were in the before
0: time and the long long ago so okay uh bonus points bonus points um oh we got some comments here um cody hutchinson the mafia is watching Yes. Hey, Cody. He's watching. Hey, Cody. Nice to see you. Love Thanks you Cody. for watching. Um, y'all are gonna make uh, meet Cody next week. If you don't know the great Cody Hutchinson, um, uh, Jerry's coming for pizza. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Mark is listening. You're gonna get in trouble from your brother, Mark Harding, oh, great trombone love player. You, Mark. Um, you no, know I love you. And uh, <laughs> okay, so um, bonus points. In one minute or less, how lucky are you and why?
1: Oh, man, you know, uh, it, that's an easy one because you and I are kind of different generations on this, but uh, you, of course, you're a beautiful, beautiful baby boy. And of course, I've got two grandsons that are just about to turn uh, two, uh, Isaac and Danny. And I've got two more grandsons on the way, so I'm going to have can you imagine the Richard Harding household uh, next Christmas with four boys? Amazing, uh, four grand boys. And I just, you know, I just, I don't know how I've been so blessed uh, to have such wonderful children and now wonderful grandchildren. Uh, wow. I just, you know, and I just, I look at your your pictures uh, of you, just you know, starting your incredible family and and I just go and I remember that those those first uh steps for Dreen and I when we were starting a family right so Xavier I got it right didn't I
0: Xavier yeah
1: yeah Xavier yeah. right Now, so, and Xavier, now the he's so cute
0: right he's he's very cute he does not take after me the crazy thing about <laughs> uh, uh cuz we were on tour we were doing I don't know we were I mean we were we were doing so much work at that time um it was different then so I think too when we're working crazy amounts like that and we're performing everywhere, um, and I know you were you're teaching halftime, but you teach halftime for for years, and um, and then I'd be busy on the business stuff and writing, and we were so consumed that it almost like all of that starts to blend together. But so I don't remember exactly where we were, but I remember when you told me, and it was the, it was a hilarious story where your twin daughters, um, found out they were pregnant and they were both having boys and then they had them um, basically 16 16 hours. Yeah. 16 hours apart. apart. Like at the same hospital. So So let me paint a picture.
1: Let me paint a picture for you. So uh, I'm at the hospital. Kelly has just delivered Isaac. Right. So Mm -hmm. I get to the hospital and we're, I didn't even get to see the baby yet. My phone rings as we're sort of getting up to the, to that, correct floor mm-hmm. is, is my daughter Michelle dad I'm in labor we're almost at the hospital can you come and check me in while my husband Dave parks the car and I'm you know like I w- my stress was fine until then I was like <laughs> right and and so and so I sat and I checked in Michelle and while I'm checking in Michelle uh, Kelly comes with baby in tow and her husband, Maladdin and my wife, Doreen, they go behind me and I'm going, I, I want to see that baby. And so they go, but I'm still checking in Michelle. And it was just, and, and the nurses on the ward said that they'd never seen it. That twin girls had had their first child 16 hours apart in the same ward. They were literally like, you know, five rooms uh, different on the same floor. Amazing. And so I, it saved on my parking costs though.
0: Yeah, I, I mean efficiency it. is is, is very, it's, it's very very um very nice of your daughters to be so considerate. Yeah,
1: I um, saved a bundle
0: because now you're a grandpa, so you have to save that that <laughs> that. I got to save it from fee. buying toys. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's awesome. Um, see if there's any other questions here at the end. Um, cool. Um, so. Uh, Thank you so much for for joining me tonight Richard this on this. It was a delight. Um, was, thank you was everyone great for be... for listening. Yeah
1: thanks for, yeah, thanks for tuning in uh you know thanks for listening to, to us go on about our, our passion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and uh and we went over but that's okay. I I, I could well, as you know, because we've done it after gigs many, 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 many times for many years, we could talk for hours and hours about it. Hour and a half.
1: It was like three hours or four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I spent a week there one day. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the. Yeah, uh, it, it it it's. Uh, I I can't wait to to get playing with you again. Um, I have two projects. Um, the one that we talked about earlier that I want to write. Um, that I've 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 written about half of it. Um and it's in the, uh, yeah. the that adder that adderley brothers style but it's all originals and so it doesn't really you know it started there and then it went in a new place but but um but writing with your way of improvising in mind and your way of playing in mind makes me write differently and makes me think of of arranging these things differently and i love that so um and then another project that would be that'll be six six or seven horns um that i've that's uh that i'm excited to write um Um, And then also, of course, just getting back to it with the CJO um, back with with uh, with the the killingest sack section that we have, (laughs) you know, so much so that I I, I love seeing. uh, It's pretty funny when I'll see a picture come up and it's it's the, the five players from the CJO playing with someone else because you guys have done such an incredible job of playing together as a team over the years. Um, you know yourself and Jerry Aber, Shane Stats Sarah Mathis and and the great Jeremy Dr. Jeremy Brown gorgeous Do- Doc Brown um yeah. no, I love them all they
1: they're just they're also unique in their talents mm-hmm. and they're also just inc- incredible players but also equally great people so yeah it's a, yeah. it's a pleasure thanks for thanks for this Johnny this was awesome yeah I really awesome. appreciate your time thanks for coming man anything
0: else you want to say to anybody out there
1: no just just uh you know, don't lose faith, guys. Uh, we gotta stay positive, and uh, I I think that's like I called myself the eternal optimist. I've had a, a few moments where, you know, I kind of went down a little bit uh, in this last year, but but for the most part, I've been incredibly positive, and uh, and uh, I think we need to do that. Everybody, just just stay with it, and uh, we're gonna see each other uh, in a concert hall really soon.
0: So to reiterate, check out Paul Desmond. Check out um, David Sanborn. Check out Charlie Parker. Check out Cannonball Adderley, Johnny Hodges, Sherman Irby, and the great Richard Harding. Um, Thank you so much, everybody, for for listening tonight. And uh, have a a great night. Love you all. Keep each other safe. Love you all.